0: tell When the enemy comes in like a flood,
1: the spirit of the Lord will raise up a
0: standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood.
1: Today's message the first commandment with promise. And now, here is Bishop Caldwell. ( imperfections)
0: Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to key in to verses 2. And three. Even though it's a word from verses one through four for the whole family, I'm going to key in today on verses two and three. The Bible says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long. On the earth. The first commandment. With promise. The first commandment. With promise. Now God. Made us to live on this earth. At least three score. And ten. And if by reason of strength. Four score years. Where we came in here to live. The Lord came in here to die. God called Moses upon Mount Sinai years ago after the children of Israel had come out of the wilderness, generation after generation had spent 400 years in Egyptian bondage. Not only is God the author and finisher of our faith, he is also our creator. After 400 years of Egyptian bondage, the Lord decided that the day would come that he would bring them out. He brought them out at the hand of Moses and he brought them, as instructed, Moses brought them to Mount Sinai. When they came into that golden peninsula, God called Moses up on top of Mount Sinai. Moses spent 40 days up there with the Lord. And God wrote at the hand of the Lord Jesus before Bethlehem, Moses wrote 10 astonishing commandments. And the first commandment that he wrote with promise were to the children as well as the adults. And that first commandment with promise was to honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long upon the earth. Now that promise is as good today as it was over 5,000 years ago. Now when you take a look at it and you peep into the heart of God, you've gotta say, wow, this is the first commandment with promise that those that would honor their father and their mother would live long. In the Old Testament, it was to live long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. But the Lord has extended that today, those that honor their father and their mother shall live long upon the earth. Because we've gone beyond the law of Moses, this is the day of grace. We see so much killing going on in our society. We see So much that is going down. That's why it was so gratifying on this morning to hear these children talk about their love and respect for their parents. God is a smart God. He figured out if he could get the parents and the parents could get the children. And that there would be, even after 400 years of Egyptian bondage, there would be honor, there would be love, and there would be respect in everybody's family. So when you take a peep into the heart of God, one of his main things, the first commandment with promise. He gave ten of them, but the first commandment with the promise attached to it had to do with, Honor your father and your mother. And that that doesn't have anything to do with divorce and separation because all of that stuff will come later. But in the mind of God, honor means to respect. It means to give gratitude, kudos and accolades. And if you notice something, If three score and 10 is 70 years, and four score is by reason of strength, that honor and that respect is not just for the children. It is for us as long as we are on this earth. And it does not stop because you are 31 years old. That's our honor and respect with promise that God gave to the children of Israel and now have given to all of us in the age of grace that we are to respect and to revere our parents. Even though they don't call every morning and say it's time for you to get up, I mean we should have learned that at home. To honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with promise. The honor is not only to respect, but it's also to give a piece of money to. I ain't get but three witnesses right there. It means to give your mama and daddy some money. You know, they, they raised you up, they put you through school, you went out there and you have made a Name for yourself. You need to send them some money every now and then. Because the word honor means honorarium. Honorarium mean duckies. Duckies mean dead presidents. Hallelujah. Oh, I know the mothers are loving this. (laughs) I got all mothers on board. So we honor them and that's the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that you will live long upon the earth. I thank God that my mother gave me quite a few beat downs. Because you know young black men they're strong and they think they know it all. Until that extension card shows up. And it goes to show that if you love your children, parents, you will correct them. You will correct them early in life. You will will tell them the difference between right and wrong. If If you withhold the rod of correction, you spoil the child. The Bible tells us, and God is the one who knows more about rearing children. He says, now, if you beat them, they will not surely die. So God is not into child abuse, but God is definitely into putting a rod on the rump. And the worst kind is the kind where you're whipping and talking. But it says to honor them, to respect them, to revere them, to hold them in high regard. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, you'll find some words there. And I I noticed that all the killing and the robbing and the pilfering that's going on, especially here in the city of Shreveport and in other places around the globe, because sin is universal, it's not just happening here, it's happening everywhere. But when you take a look at it. City council doesn't have the answer. Mm-mm. They doesn't even have an answer up there in Washington D.C. The answer is not in D.C. They are corrupt and crooked up there too. The answer is in God's word. That's what the answer is. It is in the word of God. Now we must admit. That everybody doesn't go to church. We also must admit that everybody is not a Christian. Everybody is not born again. And everybody at the church is not in the church. There are some that come to church to court. Some come to church to close their eyes. And others come to hide to clothes. So you don't know why people come to church, but the word is written to the born again ones, the technons, those that have confessed and possessed the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're talking about to honor, and we're talking about the first commandment with promise. It is not the first commandment. It's the first commandment with promise. If you want to live long on this earth, and a long, healthy, fruitful, and productive life, then honor your parents. Give them respect. It's amazing to me, as I move on, it's amazing to me, I, I, I visit a particular store in Shreveport, And in that store, there are some children of the owner of the store that works there. And they cuss like a seller, unhinged, just cuss, all in front of their parent. So one day about six months ago, and I've been going there about 20 years, I had as much as I could take and I said, hey. I said, that's your daddy, am I right? Yeah, that's right. I said, why are you using all these vulgar words? Why are you cussing like this? Do you think that makes you appear to be smarter or what? Why are you using vulgarity? He said, well, that's what we do. I said, well, you're in America now. You ought to change the way you do things. That is not right. For you to be saying all those gutter cuss words in front of your parents. You need to check yourself. And I meant that. Because I have authority because I'm sent from God. And I didn't like that. It was just too much of it. And that's the world that we are now living in. And too many parents are trying to be their children's friends instead of raising them up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord. Your your child does not need for you to be their friend. It's okay to be friend with your children, but are you laying down the rod and are you correcting them and telling them and teaching them the way that they should go? Because when you're nowhere around they're gonna need that. But we are living in a generation now that has no fear of God. No respect for the Lord. No respect for the church. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, and if you would key in on verse 5, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 5, the Bible says, They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked. Generation. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very perverse generation. Children in whom is no faith. That's tomorrow's headline. That's why I can thank God for those of you that are striving to hold up the light. And that are trying to show the right way that we should go. Don't give up hope. Somebody's listening and somebody's looking. And sooner or later, when the world finds out that it's not but only one true and living God. Then they'll check themselves before they wreck themselves. This is a wicked and perverse generation. This is a generation that has no respect for authority, no respect for their parents, no respect for institutions that have been standing a long time like the church. Go to Proverbs chapter 30. We are living in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Cussing their mama out and cussing their daddy out is what they do. Shacking up in the back room, that's what they do. All of that is going on in these houses. And there seem to be no corrective measures in a lot of these places. Parents are living in houses afraid of their own children. Children don't crack and smack. Pulling their whole house down. Mama got to have a lock on her bedroom door, three or four of them. Because the child is an addict living in the house. And the worst thing that can go on is for parents to have their children living in on top of them and they sleeping in on Sunday morning they ain't got no job and you don't demand that they come to church. It need to be some laws, rules and regulation in these houses because You know, some parents are raising their children to keep them wrong move. You raise them for them to get out. If your child is with you, just look straight ahead. But it's bad out there in a lot of places That's why I thank God for you Christian parents Don't give up on your children And if they bristle up to you and, and claim that you are whipping them Or that you are chastising them unjustly Put them out They that grown they got that much sense They need to have their own house How many of y'all know grown folk need their own house? Uh huh Yeah quit raising them and try to keep them Eagles don't do that. They pull all that down out after a while and that little eagle it is filling them spurs and them all, all that stuff in that nest up there that's down on the bottom. It's covered over real nice at first. But when that, that eagle decides it's time for you to leave, it's time for you to get out of the nest, they take them up real high and then they flip up under them and they start flapping on their own and they take them back and say okay we had a good day take a little, little down and out and take them back up the next day and flip and they start falling and they continue that until they learn how to fly. and they take all the down and out and they look them straight in the eye and say it's time it's time in america today because of the pandemic and because of a lot of lazy people that don't want to work. What we have on our hand is a lot of of children that have gone to college. Now they're back home and they're doing nothing. Mm -mm. Raise up a child. Train a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from. Now there's nothing wrong with living at home if you are making provisions to be there. If you are paying some of the bills, no one ought to have time to take care of you like you were three months old. I brought several amens up here with me <laughs> because we need we need to understand that God has made. His first commandment would promise honor upon the children to honor their parents. Not just by saying, yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, here's a piece of money. And you can inspect my room, it's nice and clean. And I know I'm living here, I know that I don't have to pay rent because, you know, etc. But here's some money, every time I get paid, I want to pay you. Anyway, (laughs) are you in Proverbs chapter thirty? All right, look at verse eleven. Look at verse eleven. The Bible says there is a generation that curses their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that appear in their own eyes and yet. are not washed from their filthiness there is a generation oh how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up they are so proud there is a generation whose teeth are like swords and their jaw teeth like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. thats happen to be your rich folk. That think they got it going on. And when you look at all the disrespect. And you look at the poverty that's among us. And you look at the people that come to the church and still ain't tithing after 15 years. Like their prosperity is supposed to drop out of the sky. Listen, God is a God of order. God is a planning man. He's already planning this out. But when we look at the generation of those that curse their father and curse their mother, I would not be here with a microphone in my hand today. I would have been dead a long time ago. Who am I to be cursing out my mother? Who am I to curse my father? Who am I to even use that language in, in their house? Now I was a bad boy, I must admit, I I did some bad things. And I'm looking at some people that did worse than I did. Oh, but the grace and mercy of God. God gave us another chance and let us roll right on. But what about the generation that curse out their mama and curse their mother and break the windows out the house and steal the money out the house and steal the car? And stand up, cussing and fussing, foaming at the mouth, hair all up over their head, living in the back room with somebody they're not even married to. If the foundations be destroyed, then what can the righteous do? In some way and somehow, us parents have allowed our children to get out of order. And once children get out of order, you can, you can give it up trying to get them back in line. It's a bad situation. I'm not sitting up here with bad news. I'm just telling you like it is. They're cursing their parents out. They are very disrespectful. Disrespectful. They have no regard for God or his word or his church or his people. They have no desire to live right. They're having keys made, breaking back into the house that they are living in for nothing. And they're robbing and they're stealing and they're killing. You say, well, wait a minute. not Just hold everything. Could we please have some good news? Well, could you make some? I would love to report it, but what benefit is there when you have cussing parents, and then you have daughters that's disrespecting the whole house, dressing in white, trying to get married, and gave it up a long time ago. It's just, we're just playing games with life, and life is too serious. Life is too serious. Mothers dressing like daughters. Worst thing in the world is to be a grandmama with wrinkled knees in a miniskirt. (laughs) You should dress age appropriately. You shouldn't sit down, and before you sit down, everybody know your birthday. Anyway, let's move on. I got some good news. There's some some good news somewhere in here. (laughs) The generation, it's a generation that cursed their father and mother. There's a whole generation of them. that won't heed sound teaching or doctrine it, it's a whole generation it's not just one or two people it's generations of that stuff so you're gonna send your favorite child off to college you're not concerned about who they're gonna who they're gonna be living with man you have to check this stuff out who is your daughter in there under that No, I ain't got no cover on the bed, just in there on the phone. A lot of these houses, man, you just, it would break your heart if you went up in there. They're just not clean. Filthiness. Anyway, let me move on before I throw up. I wish it wasn't that way. But the word tells us. Have already told us. That that is the way that it is. We can't just want. All the sweet stuff. And overlook the other stuff. It's some stuff going on. Fathers are killing their sons. How in the world do you get a. A sixth grade child shoot up people in school. How do you do that? Man, my mama would put some, she put some stuff on me and my brother James and my two sisters, Glenda. I'm the only one left. I ain't never forgot. That's why I'm still sitting here talking about it. Man, my mama didn't play that stuff. You, she, my sister Glenda one time, And that was my my dad had gotten killed, years had rolled on, and my mother had fixed some beans about three days in a row. (laughs) My sister Glenda came to the table talking about, I hate these beans. Oh my goodness. When she said that, it was like death rose up in my mother's eyes and she came across the table, She beat that child unmercifully and she sent her to bed hungry and she was hungry the next night too because them beans were still in that pot on the stove. You don't want to eat. You're not going out to eat. We didn't have no car. So there wasn't no such thing as Popeye's chicken. I mean, you didn't eat. Get up and go to bed after she had got through whipping her. She ain't never say that again. It was hard back then. Children didn't have the luxury. Well, baby, what you want? You ever been in Piccadilly? Well, what you want? You want? Some, do you want some potatoes? Do you want the greens? Do you want the beans? A- ain't time for none of that. Get on through the line. Child ain't got no sense to know what they need. Choose the food. Move on up. Can I any witnesses in there? Children ain't got all that much sense. Just choose that meal and move on. Psalm 24. Psalm 24. All these cussing kids, man, and it's just bad. It's just bad. I thank God for the good ones. I thank God for the good ones. There are some children still want to live right. They want to do right. They want to honor their parents. They want to respect their parents. They want to do what is right by their parents. And I must admit, you know, we got a lot of parents that want, that want to do right by their children and want them to be successful in their journey, in their marriage, in their house, in their apartment, and whatever we want. It, it makes you feel good when you know your children are doing good. Amen. It's a, it's a gratifying feeling, you know, but, but even, you know, it's, it's just the way that it is. And it's just bad to raise your children in the way that they should go, and then they get out there and embarrass you like they ain't got no home training. That's not right. I protest. you in Psalms 24? That's what I said, right? i write Psalms 24 and 6. Key in on this This is the generation Of them who seek him (laughs) I told you it was going to get better This is the generation of them who seek him Who seek thy face O Jacob Selah Lift up your heads O ye gates And be ye lifted up Ye everlasting doors And the king of glory shall come in Who is this king of glory? It may be bad, and it's going to get worse. Because why? Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. It's already written. It's already written. But thank God for the generation of those that seek him, that want to live right, that want their children and grandchildren to do well. Thank God for that generation. Thank God for that generation. And if you notice all the Sunday school lessons here of late, conquerors and more than conquerors, elected by God and etc. In the midst of all of that, persecution and prosecution and all that stuff was going on. And in the middle of all that, you are conquerors. You are more than conquerors. We cannot give up on living right because things are going bad. We're the generation of those that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. We're in the generation that have learned how to save something, to have something, to want something, to do something. We are the generation of those that know that all this killing and all this stealing that's going on in this city, that's going on around here, is because people are not training their children right, and for some of them, it's too late they're already gone but thank God for the generation that's seeking the Lord that's still coming to Sunday school that still wants to know that's still raising their children in the fear and nurture and admonition of the Lord thank God for that good generation and we ain't giving up no we're not giving up we're not throwing up both hands you know why because we know how to pray we can still pray And if a child is overtaken in a fault. Then you who are spiritual. Restore your children. Extend mercy to them. But don't let them be in your house eating up all your food and they ain't got no job. And it didn't say that because we're grown we don't honor our parents. Now Jesus is the ultimate son. (laughs) Yes, he is. He's the ultimate obedient child. And he's still obedient after all these years. He's the only perfect one. So you need to put something on your child. You don't have a perfect child. So their flesh has to be worn. Don't you mess with me. The whipping is for the flesh. It's too late now. You you rear back and you end up in the funeral home. So now you have to become their counselor. You have to tell them the way that they should go. And if they don't do that, it's on them. But Jesus is the ultimate obedient child. And when we take a look at the life of Christ, go to Luke chapter 2. When we take a look at the the lifestyle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who did honor his father, who did honor his mother, who was obedient, period. Period. That's the one who can teach us how to rear our children. He is the one that can teach us the difference between right and wrong. He is that still, small voice. He's the one to tell your daughter, I don't want you going with that boy. I don't want him down in his house. Or can tell that son, that girl ain't ain't all she propped up to be I don't I don't think you need to be going that way see that's the part that's missing because we're living in a generation right now don't judge me that's what they tell you don't judge me well let's see if I can help somebody out right here okay so I'm not judging you I'm judging your words your actions and your deeds and they are not right so I'm not judging you I'm judging what you do And spending all that time at that club. That that ain't what you need to be doing.
1: The
0: answer is not with the city council. Mm -mm. It ain't never been up there. The answer has always been God's word. And it should forever be God's word. And you notice there are no scroll blights here. Ain't no go-go dancers on the track. This is where we deal with life. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is what is really real. Now, if people don't want to go this way, there's no other way to go and be right. If you go against God, then you're wrong. Anyway, Jesus is the ultimate in obedience. If you look in Luke chapter 2, in verse 39, the Bible says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon Jesus. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother knew not of it but they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances and when they found him not they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers both hearing them And asking them questions. At least he wasn't afraid to go to the church. Or to the temple. Because his custom was he was raised that way. I ain't got no help in here. He was raised that way. So after three days they found him in the temple. What a place to find your child. They found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were amazed at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, our father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? He says, knew ye not that I must be about my father's business? These are the first recorded words of Jesus. "Why, why, Why did you come looking for me? You should have known that I would be in the temple. That I would be taking care of my father's business. How many of us have spent time to rear our children, to fear the Lord, to love their neighbor as theirself, to love their enemies. Some children, this is bad y'all, are so hateful. Even their parents can't stand them. They 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 walk around with an attitude. is bad, it's just bad. Anyway, verse 50, And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Now, he went back home with them to Nazareth. He was subject unto them, and his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The ultimate respectful child. Twelve years old. Went back home and was subject to them. How many of our kids today, how many of you parents who can say, I have reared my children in the fear and nurture of the Lord and they're subject to me? They're subject to me. I'm not running their house. They're away from me, but they're still doing what I'm telling them they ought to do. And see, whenever, whenever that's brought into place, then they can be rejoicing in the family. That's why nobody should get married. That, that you, know, you should not marry anybody that don't like your parents. Uh-uh. You mean to tell me you're going to marry somebody that's against the people that raise you? That put bread on the table? That put clothes on your back? And now you so in love. Until none of that matters anymore. If your, if your husband. Listen. Don't you ever marry anybody. For some of y'all it's too late. But don't you ever marry anybody. <laughs> that don't like your folk. Don't, don't do that. You're not you you can look at them and you can just say you're not a part of us. There's no way we can integrate you into our family. You don't even like my mama. You don't like my daddy. They had me. They took care of me. And you don't like them? Uh-huh. We can't get married. You take your love and your suitcase and you go on up the river. Don't marry somebody that don't like your parents. Because people marry into families. And there's not a person in this world, not even Jesus, that was born into this world without a family. Mm Mm-mm. Don't you marry nobody that's got a problem with your family. You know all things been equal. Some mother's on crack. I got all that. Some daddy's on alcohol. I got all that. But an old man come to the wedding. At least with all his teeth missing in the front. She should love your daddy. Your daddy's flaws and your mama's hang-ups are their own. You keep living. I tell you what. Keep living. Just keep living. You're going to have more hang-ups than Porter's cleaners. None of us are perfect. But we should at least try to get along. Jesus went back home. He was subject to them. They thought that he was with his kinfolk. Man, he was in there getting getting everything straight at the age of 12 because he knew at the age of 30 that he would take his rightful place in ministry. But you notice how he grew in obedience. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and men. And that's what obedient children do. They continue to grow in the right way. Do you know how much energy it takes for somebody to cuss their parent to their face and tell them what they're not going to do? That's next door to suicide. I know had I done stuff like that, it would have put my parents in the hospital right next to me. it would have put so much stress on my mama's heart she couldn't believe what I would be saying to her. Man, that is disrespect to the nth degree. Now, I did some wrong but one thing about and ain't no nice way to do nasty but at least I didn't bring it home. Now you call that discreet for whatever that's worth. At least I ain't bringing home all, you know, w- w- wiping my mother's face in it. If I got drunk and loaded, I got drunk and loaded outside the house and I tried to walk straight when my key went in that door. No, uh-huh. I ain't go to a bedroom to hey Uh She said, what time did you come in? Well, I came in, I was I was okay about eleven something. One o'clock in the morning. I was a liar, a carnival, a thief, all that. But I respected my mama, even though I didn't respect myself. Some of these parents, they don't deserve what these children are putting them through. They don't deserve it. They have tried to do the best they could by their kids, and for some strange reason, Their children just chose to disrespect them. Jesus is the ultimate in respect, hospitality, obedience. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus is our ultimate example. That's why I don't particularly care for people that are so holy and righteous until they can't even speak to their neighbor. child hungry and in there trying to feed them Psalm 23 now before I read this this is my last offering we need to think about how obedient we are even, even your mother may be up in age in a head full of gray hair she should still be honored she should still be honored and respected. That's mama. That's the lady that gave me life. That's my daddy. That's the man that gave me to my mama. And he's to be respected and given a lot of money. How many of you all right now can, can hear your mother's voice if she's even though she's maybe dead and gone, you can still hear her voice. You know the difference between right and wrong because she taught you. Yeah. And you wouldn't even know a Christian why she was doing all that heavy teaching. But somewhere and somehow, as you grew up, the words came back to you. Because no word of God is void. I thank my mama. I miss her. I miss her. I don't want to get emotional. But she was a good mama. She was. You didn't come to my house and there wasn't nothing to eat, even for nothing else but beans. But I see her again. That's my hope, that's my joy. Yeah Ms Ali was a good woman. She's a good woman. And so that woman sitting right there, Mary Caldwell, she's a good woman. Yeah. You know, you, at some point, you ought to thank God for good people in your life because they make life worth living but Jesus is still obedient and I think if we, if we would strive to do that okay it's right for me to tithe I got it right here nobody's making me do this I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do now God is our parent now you, you do know that uh huh And we got an elder brother in the family. And we got a teacher and a guide. We got all that. So mama's gone. But the one that's keeping me alive. He's still here. And we should seek to be obedient. When you look at Jesus' life. As I conclude. In Philippians the second chapter and the fifth verse. You'll find these consecrated words. Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear. And trembling. For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do. Of his good pledge. In verse 14. Do all things. Without murmurings. And disputings. We are the family of God. We are a living epistle. Known and read of men. We are. We, we are a chosen generation we have mothers in this church that you did not come out of their womb but yet they're your mothers we have fathers here that never visited your address but they are fathers and then you have your little nappy head brothers and sisters we are family God made us family And we have the ultimate example of what it is to be humble. When God raises you up, humble yourself. Jesus didn't think it was robbery to be equal to God. And he made himself of no reputation. Quit burning all your energy trying to go around trying to make a name for yourself. If you humble yourself under God's mighty hand, he will exalt you in due time. And because of Jesus' humility...
1: Today's message, the first commandment with promise. FC 3052 FC 3052 is now available on CD for only $10 and it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail any request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net
0: There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. Jesus I was the chiefest of sinners, sinners Paul says And so say I I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago And he answered me Came into my heart And brought with him the gift of eternal life And he'll do the same for you if you call Say these words to Jesus Say Jesus I believe you are Lord